Welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, with your host, Hurricane Age. New day, uh, great show, I would say. Uh, I mean, all the shows are great, so I can't, I can't <laughs> state that in a particular way. But, but you know, it's going to be a great show because, I, you know, my guest is great, and, and he's going to take us to something that we may not know about and, uh, again, bring us closer to this type of therapy, I would say. Uh, and, and again, this topic today we're going to discuss has to do a little bit with mental health. And, uh, you know, sometimes people, we, we've had so many shows about mental health, as we know, and uh, there's a lot of ways to deal with mental health and uh, anxiety and all these things, depression. And sometimes people need to, to be in a clinic to get certain therapies and things like that. You know, obviously we've talked to doctors about protocols and things like that, what happens and the types of issues that people have. But today we're going to talk to someone who actually co-founded or, you know, I mean, he's the CEO and co-founder of uh, Ketamine Clinics Los Angeles. And um, he will guide us through, you know, the work that they do and how, you know, they, they how it came in place, to, to, to be honest. And now we just need to know, you know, what's available and why this is particularly, uh, you know, a, a different, you know, approach to, I guess, getting folks better. So without any further ado, I have with me Sam Mandel. Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Hurricane. It's nice to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. And and, and definitely, uh, you know, like I said, I, I kind of gave a, a brief introduction, but there's a lot more to you and to the work you guys do. So let's talk about your, your story, because I think you and your dad kind of put this in place and created this particular clinic. But you do have a little bit of a background in the in the area itself. So let's talk about you and then we'll, we'll go there, you know, to the clinic, you know, concept. Sure, sure. So yeah, I'm, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Ketamine Clinics Los Angeles. We've been providing IV infusions of ketamine for a decade now. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary this month. We're one of the first clinics in the country. And I'd love to talk about the treatment, what it is, how it works, et cetera. But to your point, kind of taking a step back and who am I? Um, you know, I came to this work through personal reasons. A lot of friends and family, unfortunately, have struggled with mental health, with addiction, uh, people that we've lost to suicide, uh, both friends and family. And so it's personal work. And I was uh, 12 years old when I started volunteering for a teen-to-teen -teen suicide prevention line where I took calls from uh, kids a couple days a week after school who were in crisis. And that was my first foray, if you will, into mental health in a way, working in mental health. Growing up, I was the person that, you know, I was a, the kid the kids went to when they couldn't talk to the adults about stuff and didn't feel like there were other kids who, who could get it or understand. You know, I, I, I guess I grew up fast and I was comfortable having difficult conversations that most of my peers weren't. And it's always been that way. Oh, well, so, so uh, it, it's, I'm listening to you and it's pretty interesting that, you know, you started way early in terms of being, I guess, involved in this work. And mm -hmm. the one thing that, you know, that you talked about teen to teen and, and that is, that is something that is becoming more and more, I guess, really just in our face and it's on reality. Teenage suicide is high, you know, it's crazy. Like, you know, just to even think about it, I, I actually have uh, my son's, you know, friend uh, took his life, and, and and we're talking about someone who was 15 years old. So, so I Ready know how that, that it is. It is unbelievable. And that, I personally have, you know, suicide in the family as well. So I can I can relate to to. It is devastating to know someone is getting to a point where they take their life away, and unfortunately, you know, there are sometimes signs. There are no signs, and it's just what it is. I mean. I think we all have to to do our little fair share to help in hopefully preventing this, you know, I mean, tragedy from happening. Uh, many times, and I've had so many discussions, you know, around addiction and you know mental health, where people actually get to get those tendencies of, I guess, just suicidal thoughts, right, ideation, and and people get a little bit into that point where of desperation and. They just want to end it all, and sometimes just because they don't have the resources and the help. So, so I love what you said that you started early on to try to help and and, and be part of this uh, to create a solution in that matter, right? And yeah. so, so, so let's talk about how that that how did that transit? I mean, you know, in terms of of the lifespan. I mean, you, you're talking about teenagers, so it took a little minute to actually get the clinic, you know, in play. How did oh, that for work? sure. I mean, look, the the traditional model in this country of treating people, but not just within mental health, but healthcare in general, 
has failed us, is failing us. The, the Western model in the United States is a failed model. You know, we spend more on healthcare than like the next 10 countries combined. And we have exponentially worse health outcomes. It's embarrassing. We have all this money, technology, smart people, but our system is geared towards profits, not health, and people are suffering and dying as a result. And with mental health, uh, the traditional treatments have failed us with negative side effects, very mediocre uh, solutions for relief, if, if any, the number of people who are treatment resistant. And uh, there's people that are just desperate for some sort of help for a solution for something that works. And ketamine infusion therapy uh, is one of these solutions. It really works in a very different way, uh, both psychologically and through the uh, neurochemical processes in the brain, the uh, mechanism of action, the way that it affects patients, the, the, the way that it works is very different and unique from really everything that has come before it. And so it works when nothing else does. And uh, I'm excited to be part of offering something that's innovative and progressive and that offers real hope and healing to people. Uh, and there's such a huge, huge need for it. Well, thank you, Sam. You, you know, I I love the idea of innovation and innovative, you know, concept because, as you said, I mean, we we are in probably one of the best, or at least has been the best or greatest nation. But you know, that's that's a questionable now. You know, a lot of people can probably say, you know, what are you talking about, Hurricane? We have lost a little bit of that, but you know, nevertheless, that we're still ahead in a lot of areas. But you're right, we are in a, in a system that is more about, as you said, profit. Now, there's nothing wrong with profit. Business is always good to have, but not on the depends and and you know. Yeah, but not at life. the cost and not at the expense uh, of people's yeah. lives. I mean, look, if 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 we were the most profitable uh, in healthcare, but also number one in health outcomes in terms of actual chronic disease prevention, reversal, life expectancy, you know, uh, in in child uh, in birthing rates, survival rates among you know newborns, great, make the money doing the good work and lets everybody win you know what i mean you make the drugs that heal the most people you should be rich why not you know i'm not anti-money okay but to be making the most money and delivering the worst results among the worst results it's just an embarrassment it's it's beyond unethical well, Sam, I, I, I do, I do appreciate you being as, as honest and open about <laughs> this. But, it, but it is really. I mean, you're right. I mean, that's that. I mean, to your point, that's that's what we would love to have: best, you know, outcomes, best results. And yes, if they translate in great profits, why not? It's a good match. It's a good marriage. We'll love that. That's actually the ideal scenario. But it's not. We are in a uh, a system, and by the way, this it's debatable across. Because uh, many would say, well, we have a good healthcare system, but we don't. Technically, we don't, because there are nations that have a better healthcare system in the first place. But this is not we're about the only healthcare. we're the only developed first world country that doesn't have universal healthcare. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole or another. You know, <laughs> we 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 could have an hour just about that that topic about healthcare and what, how it should be. And and you're right, we don't have the basic elements. So again, it, we are a sick care come you know a country more than healthcare. yeah. We, when you're sick, we take care of business, but we don't go to the root cause of, you know, problems. And by the way, this is a, a theme that comes up over and over in discussions, whether I have discussion with fitness folks or wellness folks, nutrition and, and, and medicine, you know, uh, realms, this always comes back that we are more into like, hey, there's a disease, cool, let's just make sure we get the, the drug to suppress whatever diagnosis, you know, uh, the symptoms and things like that, maybe feel, make the person feel a little good, you know, but but we're not eradicating the problem. We're not even right. going to the back to the source to remove that because we can prevent a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, the old medicine was preventative. We're not preventative now. We're like post, you know, you know, issues. Things happen, then we'll take care of business, not before. And 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 you're right. And in the mental area, we have so many um, reasons why we're just basically declining rapidly across every single age line, I would say. 
Uh, and and in, I mean, again, we have from from yeah. the food we eat, from the the information we receive, from the society in general, the way we operate, the way we live, and then you know the bullying and this. I mean, it starts from early on, and it keeps going and going. It's getting worse now with the, even the social. So people get excited easily because people tend to criticize everybody at any given moment, and it's just a lot of things. The food we eat is not well, good. I, I mean, everything. Yeah, I mean, our, our generation is the is the first one. They're, they're saying the life expectancy is estimated to be shorter than that of our parents. I mean, we're going backwards. We're regressing in terms of uh, human progress and advancement. I mean, we have all this AI and technology and, you know, you name it. We're, we're so advanced and sophisticated, but yet we're going backwards in terms of life expectancy and quality of life one in what is it i think like one in three americans has is obese or has diabetes like i mean it's just it's incredible it really is hard to wrap your head around and if you live in a big city like la or new york or you know a more progressive city you you might be in in a pocket where you're among you know a, a more you know places parts of miami or whatever you might be more of a fitness crowd or a healthier you know or more affluent crowd that might seem healthier um but it, the reality is most of of the country is extremely sick it's just it's really sad and people are really looking for guidance and support and resources and they're not really getting very good care well well sam thank you for i mean that statistic is is really scary the fact that the generation is, you know, expecting to live lesser or less, you know, time frame than yeah, shorter life expectancy than our parents. I mean, it should be it's and it's always moved in the opposite direction throughout history. Every every generation gets a little bit more mileage out of life than the one before. That's the whole point of, of everything that we're all doing. And the reason people sacrifice for their kids and progress and technology, right, is for us to get healthier, better, do more, you know, and, and it's just it's at a kind of turning point that's showing clearly what we're doing is not working. And I think it's because the incentives are misaligned. You know, it's funny because as you said, you know, with all the technology, with all the stuff that we have, we should be literally ages ahead. And we should be like, you know, curing everything, being able to live, you know, another hundred years easy, you know, and anti-aging reversed, you know, all that, that stuff. But we don't, I mean, age in reverse, you know, we have not gone there. Although there's a lot of stuff available. The problem is it's minimum access. As you said, only maybe a few can access some of this stuff and be, you know, in that realm. And even that is not recently true because you said about one or three Americans. Actually, I just read something today. I listened to something today that was even worse. It was one of two adults apparently have a pre-diabetic or diabetes already in the States. You know, that is... I mean, you know, yeah, it's hard I, to wrap I, your head around. <laughs> I gotta go check my blood though, because you know that, <laughs> that, that guy that guy drove me nuts this morning. I was like, oh, that that means I there's a 50-50 shot. That's that's like high odds. I mean, that's crazy. But but it is similarly, I mean, we're talking about diabetes and some chronic, but mental health is just on its own in 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 I don't know what it's about statistics? one in five. About one in five Americans are suffering from a mental health condition. Um, you know, one uh, a lot of those, I'd say for one third of those, at least, and I think the numbers are a lot higher, but I think the official numbers are about one third of those who are suffering from depression or treatment resistant. So that means that they've tried and, and not benefited from at least two or more, you know, fair trials of traditional treatments, you know, typically medication or medication like SSRIs and not benefited. So, you know, not only do we have a lot of sick people, we have a lot of sick people that aren't even getting even mediocre benefit from the the available treatments that are being recommended to them. Um, it's a real crisis. And also to your point earlier, and again, you know, honest, sincere condolences for your, your, uh, you said it was your son's friend who had, who had, you know, committed suicide. I mean, it's awful. And the teen suicide rate and, and uh, depression, mental health issues among children and teenagers right now has gotten much, much worse than it was before. I think they're the fastest growing group in terms of the increase. By the way, suicide has gotten worse and gone up across the board for everyone. 
uh, over the last 20 years in a, in a way that's pretty scary. And it has grown fastest among that demographic, among teenagers. There's a lot of speculation as to what's contributing to that. Is it, you know, smartphones and social media and, you know, the internet and stuff like this. I think those are all, you know, big contributors among other things. But at the end of the day, regardless of why it's happening, we should be able to get our arms around this and be doing something to move the needle in the other direction, you know, um, and it's uh, it's a problem. It's a big problem. More, more than 45,000 people complete suicide in the United States every single year. More than 45,000. And that number just continues to increase. And by the way, that's the, again, the official count of their, that are irrefutable suicides that are proven as such. It doesn't count the maybes. There's a lot of maybes, the people who overdose on drugs, that maybe they did that on purpose and they get it gets called an accident, but they actually took a lot more on, on intentionally with the with the goal of not waking up. You know, uh, people who just take off their seatbelt and decide to drive their car off a bridge or, you know, into a tree or something and hope that that's the end of that. And, uh, you know, they don't get counted as a suicide. They get called a car accident. You know, somebody, uh, you know, drinking themselves to death and they go, oh, well, that was just, you know, too much alcohol poisoning. So I think the number is way higher than, than 45,000, but that is the count. And it's it's a problem. Yeah, Sam, one life is one too many, right? It's yeah. let's put it that way. So, I mean, these numbers are still unbelievably high. And as you said, what we have in statistic is one thing what reality could be. Because like you said, these things can be easily camouflaged through a lot of ways. And yeah. you will not tell what was the, because you, you don't, talk to these folks to actually find out the the reason right. why it happened. I mean, obviously there's a percentage that's correct. It's an accident. It's an accident, but there's no way for us to know otherwise. And you're right. It right. is cra crazy. But so, so Sam, one thing that I know we're going to talk more deep dive on the clinic and, and the type yeah. of therapies and things and the ketamine therapy specifically, but you know, a lot of, you know, folks sometimes when they have a mental, you know, uh, you know, I guess diagnosis, uh, well, sometimes they don't even go and get a diagnosis. They just have these things and they live with them. But let's say someone decides to finally go see someone, an expert, you know, there's always that taboo. There's always been that. Like, you know, I don't want to go talk to someone. And, you know, oh, my God, you're going to talk to a shrink. Oh, my God, you're going to talk to a psychiatrist. Oh, my God, you're going to go to, you know, a mental clinic. You know, you're you're going to be detained. And you have, you have, there's all this, this stigma about it. People don't do this. They don't take care of themselves until it's worse. And then many, even when they go to treatment, they might not see themselves, you know, getting drugs. And then finally you have the ones that actually get some sort of medication to kind of eradicate or at least calm down whatever symptoms they have. But either one of those, as you said, even when you get to that point, you're not getting the results. And that's actually all these things that are enumerated now are kind of like, you know, still, you know, scary to even think about that besides the social stuff and the, the historic, you know, fear from seeing help, seeking help and seeing someone to help you, you know, there's always that, I don't want the drugs because again, people hear about the drugs and the, the outcomes and the methadons that, that go you know, as a treatment and all the stuff. And it's horrible. And, you know, people are getting these stories sometimes and they're just kind of like, I'm not going to do anything. And they just keep doing. And then addiction just keeps going for those that have any type of addiction. And the thing, you know, is like, they're just extremely sick and there's sometimes no coming back. Then the other part is, you, 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 I think you mentioned PTSD. You got people that actually come from, like, our veterans. That's another thing. I mean, the the PTSD standards, they are so high, it's not even funny. I mean, people come in, 90% of them, you know, they have some sort of level of PTSD, you know, the majority. And that's that's all requiring some sort of, you know, immediate rescue, immediate help. But we're not getting that. People are not getting exactly what they need, and it's, it's tragic. Now, I love that you... I need that, you know, created a new way, an innovative way. And, and that's what we're going to highlight today specifically. So, so you, what kind of, you know, really patients do you get? I mean, do you get them in an early stage and advanced stage, or is it post all the other, uh, you know, level when they just basically are in a complete desperation? Yeah. So we've been doing this for 10 years and, you know, it's changed a lot over the years when we first started offering ketamine infusions for mental health in 2014, we saw a lot of people who were coming to us as a last resort. They had pretty much tried, you know, virtually everything else out there. Uh, many medications, ECT, sometimes TMS therapy, you know, and all, all kinds of other things as well. Uh, over time, it's moved, the treatment has kind of moved up the ladder in terms of um, 
in the treatment algorithm, you know, what, what's considered a, a good time to, to try this. And so now we see, we do still see a lot of treatment resistant cases. A lot of people have tried a lot of things, but we also see more and more increasingly uh, higher numbers of people who are coming to us as a first line who don't want to take medications like SSRIs. They don't want to take pills every day. They don't want to deal with the negative side effects like weight gain and loss of libido. They don't want to wait four to six weeks to see if they benefit and then have to increase their dose and maybe add a second adjunct medication and wait another four to six weeks and go through this cycle of this really um, generally not very good way of trying to address their issues. And so with, you know, ketamine infusions, people do a series of six infusions over three weeks. They're about an hour long each. They're done in the clinic. We have a really beautiful office, great team, diverse skill set, you know, psychiatrists, psychiatric nurse practitioners, registered nurses, administrative staff. There's over a dozen of us here. And people get a lot of really individualized attention from multiple specialties. And in six visits in three weeks, they feel great often in much less time than that. Typically within one week, people start feeling better. So this treatment works more quickly and it produces a better quality of relief. People usually feel really, really good and have a re restoration of a sense of self and pleasure, more compassion for themselves and for other people and just feel good. You know, with the SSRIs and often these other drugs that people are taking, MAOIs, SNRIs, you know, mood stabilizers, et cetera, people feel like a shell of themselves. They feel numb. They feel locked in. Maybe they're the, the floor of their negative emotions has been lifted, but the ceiling of their positive emotions has, has been lowered as well. So they're really in a narrower, you know, plane of existence. And that's, that's not a nice place to be. Um, so they get a better quality of relief with this treatment. And it has none of the negative side effects that the traditional medications have. None. Um, so there's, it really is better in every way. Also, it works 83% of the time in our clinic. We have an 83% success rate. These other drugs are like 35% effective most of the time. So, and if they work, they are short-lived. I mean, people get a benefit for a year or two. They play with their doses. They try some other meds. They got to, they got to do something different then. It doesn't, it just stops working for them. So this treatment, when I say this treatment, ketamine infusion therapy is really uniquely effective for people. And it's essentially more advantageous for most people dealing with a mood disorder than really anything else out there. So thank you for breaking it down. And, you know, and I love the concept of having, you know, all the different multidiscipline levels, you know, within the clinic where people can have an actual good orientation from, you know, diagnosis, from talking to a specialist, to having the nurses there that can understand how to operate the whole thing. And then you have the staff. Now, now uh, you treat basically depression, anxiety, PTSD, suicidal, you know, ideation, all, all of the above. Um, now, do you get referred, you know, clients, patients, or you actually people come into the clinic and then they get their own diagnosis within the clinic? Both. So we get a lot of people find us online. A lot of people are referred to us. If they have an existing diagnosis, we can usually just do an assessment and then start treating them. If they don't, then we can do a psychiatric evaluation and then diagnose them accordingly. Um, most people come to us already with a diagnosis, but in some cases we'll, we'll do that more formal and more comprehensive evaluation of them. Perfect. Now, and, now, we let's do, and just to be clear, we do require a diagnosis. So we don't just take, you know, walk-ins off the street. We can't treat people right. who are just curious to try it. You know, we, we do need to, uh, confirm an actual condition that we're treating. Yeah. Well, basically, I mean, you know, you work with other referred forces and people actually, or they just come in because they just basically couldn't get any outcomes that that were you know probable you know positive and and they came to you because now you have a whole new innovative way and that's really what you guys are you know pre, you know presenting to, to to the audience is that there's just something new different like I love what you said eighty percent you know uh, of a success rate is much better than thirty five percent any given that take those odds right it's pretty good stuff and and certainly you said there's none of the bad effect or the aftermath, you know, uh, negative, you know, uh, outcomes that you can get from these drugs and things like that. So, so I mean, it's a win-win. I, I mean, it sounds, you know, like, you know, awesome as just, just to hear about it. And, you know, I'm sure you got testimonials and things that have people that have gone through the program. And also it doesn't sound like it's a long time, 
you're talking about a few weeks, you know, of treatment, and then they basically are pretty much good to go for, you know, the rest of their life, hopefully. Now, uh, I'm sure there's some sort of follow-up that takes place, you know, here and there to make sure that they're, you know, always on point and things that happening. Is that, am I getting that correct? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not a, a cure. It's a treatment, and so we wouldn't we wouldn't uh, tell people that they would necessarily be good for life. I mean, some people could be in theory, but it's not likely. You know, life is going to kick you around. You're going to lose, yeah, of course, a relationship. You're going to lose a loved one. You're going to lose a job. You're going to have challenges, issues with things. <laughs> existential crisis you name it whatever things are going to come up and you're going to have uh issues with anxiety with depression that's just natural really you know generally those things can be short-lived situational people can kind of get through them and get out of them but especially for somebody who's dealing with a mental health condition it could be triggering or or kind of put them back into a spot or just frankly their symptoms could come back at some point uh, even if those other kinds of circumstances uh, that i mentioned don't happen and so that's okay and that's that's quite natural and when that happens people do come back for follow-up treatment and it's usually just a pair of boosters we call them for maintenance and it's one or two infusions generally two infusions a day or two apart and that is going to extend their initial benefit and when they come back and how often really varies widely patient to patient it could be um, you know two to three months later on average that they would come back for two infusions and they would get another you know two or three months out of that or it could be six months it could be on the long end two years and we've had a number of patients who have either not come back at all because they felt like they got what they needed and they were good and we've had a number of patients who have actually come back after two years and said uh, just from one initial series so that really actually got me through that entire time but starting to have a hard time again feel like i need a little bit of a, a kind of a tune-up if you will and uh, and they return for for that. So, and then of course on the other end of the spectrum, on the short end, we have patients who only get several weeks as well. They said, "Wow, I felt great, but it only lasted for three, you know, or four weeks." And so it's disappointing. At least we know we found something that works for you when other things didn't. And it just seems like you might need to come back and have treatment a little bit more frequently than than we would like. But at least we got something that works. You know, it's important to remember for a lot of people, there's literally nothing that works. So. You know, we want it to last for a very long time for them. And we recommend, uh, you know, certain uh, pillars of wellness and lifestyle optimization so that they can maintain their benefit longer. But at the end of the day, uh, even if it doesn't last as long, if it works, we definitely consider that a real success for that person. Well, thank you, Sam. And, and frankly, as you said, life happens, right? I mean, triggers are going to be all around us. And, and if you were you know, pretty much prone to it the first time, there's a good chance you're going to get, you know, easily, you know, reset if there's the right circumstance. So the idea is, I love what you said, the lifestyle, you know, recommendation and changes and maybe removing some, you know, folks from that environment can help them, you know, I guess, maintain a healthier self. But now, Sam, just, I get the therapy, the infusion, those are clear, but well, what is ketamine? I mean, uh, ketamine, how does that work specifically? You know, I guess everybody is probably like, you know, watching and, you know, we want to know what does that, what is, how is it different? Is it a medication? Is it a drug? What kind of, what the, how does it work in the system? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, ketamine is actually an anesthetic. It's, it's a medicine. It was synthesized in the sixties, FDA approved in 1970. And it was among the most widely used anesthetics in the world. Uh, it's also used in veterinary medicine. So some people know of it as a horse tranquilizer or a cat tranquilizer. It's also used uh, as an analgesic, as a pain reliever. Some people know of it as that. It's a pretty ubiquitous drug with a lot of uses. It's also used recreationally. Some, you know, some people know of it as Special K, as a street drug. And it's the same drug all around, but it's got these different uses. And it really depends on how much is taken, what the mindset is at the time, the setting that it's taken in. Uh, the root of administration, how it's taken. These are the things that really dictate its different identities. So in, in our case, we're using IV infusions and we're, we're providing a very uh, a low dose and a slow, gradual dose. Whereas in, you know, uh, sedation for, for surgery, it's an, IV, it's an IV push. It'll be used as a larger amount all at once. Or when you know, somebody takes it on the street, maybe they're snorting a powder and they're doing a lot larger of a dose to get a certain uh, kind of high or a rush, which is different than a, a slow, gradual uh, infusion that takes about an hour long. 
And the way it works is really two main, you know, mechanisms. One is neurochemically, the effects it has on the brain. And then the other is the experiential component, you know, so how it affects people psychologically. This kind of means a, a dissociative anesthetic. And really, it's it's a psychedelic. It produces a kind of psychedelic experience for people. And, and that experience can help them to gain insight and perspective and uh, a better sense of themselves of the negative thoughts, negative patterns and loops that they have in their life, past trauma, re reprocessing of it, reframing it, better understanding who they are and their role in it, forgiving themselves, forgiving other people. It's very, very powerful in a lot of ways psychologically. And then, you know, neurochemically, it actually is producing measurable growth in the brain and better brain connectivity. It doesn't just treat uh, you know, symptoms in terms of uh, putting a Band-Aid on things. It actually gets at the root causes of issues. It can increase dendrite density, connectivity. It can increase neurogenesis, brain-derived neurotropic factor, neurotransmitter glutamate. I mean, there's a whole bunch of uh, complex processes that are going on in the brain when somebody has ketamine infusion. And we're still researching them and looking to better understand them. But, you know, I'm throwing a lot of uh, words out there that probably don't mean anything to most people. But I think if I could put it in layman's terms, what I'm trying to say is that ketamine can help to cause new growth in the brain. It can help to better balance the neurochemistry of the brain and actually increase connectivity among neurons, among brain cells and help the brain to function better. And that is exciting. That is a pretty radical thing in the treatment of mental health. You're talking and I'm just looking at those synapses just firing up. Yeah. <laughs> get yeah. it, get it all like, you know, spiked up in there. And again, I'm, it sounds like, you know, it, you guys are onto uh, something that's terrific. And again, I love what you said. This is not something that doesn't exist. There's different ways that it exists, but you're, you found the formula, a way to administer it, that it does, you know, a, a great, you know, work within the body in, in both levels. Right. And, uh, and there is no addiction to it. You know, and that's that's the other part. And, and love what you said that it gives people the ability, the psychedelic, you know, ability is where you you're kind of getting perspective on things. And it's a little different from the, the standard zombie drugs when you're basically just like zombied out. <laughs> you're yeah, not, you're not there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, very different kind of relief. And, I, and I'm glad you said no addiction because yeah, there's some people that get that a little bit mixed up because people do abuse. Some people do abuse ketamine recreationally, and so people get afraid that that maybe uh, they'll be addicted or they'll become a, an abuser or use ketamine user or whatever. You know, ketamine's not addictive in the way that opioids or alcohol or nicotine is addictive. It does not create a physical dependency. Some people might use it as a means of escape in the same way that some people use chocolate or ice cream or jumping out of airplanes or sex as a means of escape. But those things are not inherently addictive they're just ways that people are are trying to avoid their reality and it kind of means the same thing you can use it some people do a, as a way to try to escape but you're not going to take it and get hooked you're not going to crave it you know if anyone's ever used nicotine whether it was cigarettes or vapes or whatever they know if you get into it and you don't have what you want for a few hours even you get really cranky you can get a headache you can get irritable you, know, you can start to feel physically you know, not well, <laughs> you know, it's not like that. Ketamine is not like that, even for the people who might be using it recreationally. It's just different. Basically, you know, it's you, you long to, to the feeling of, of what it does, you know, where, or like you're just in a better place. And that's why people would probably want, as you said, like, I love my movies and they keep me calm. So I'm just going to keep watching my movies. You know, I mean, there's so many ways people kind of like, you know, get rid of stress, you know, in their own ways. Working out can be just as bad. I mean, sure. I, like, if, I, if I don't get my pump for the day, I'm not in a good place. Right. So it's kind of like, but it, uh, to your point, it's not opioid level or like any of the addictions, you know, that you, you hear in terms of alcohol. Yeah. Stuff. Cause that's, that's like in your blood. If you don't get it, you know, you don't get a pump in there, you don't get a fix. You're, you're completely off and you can lose it. In this case, that's not the case. So I, I appreciate it. And again, I just wanted to clarify that about, because again, addiction is usually what people are afraid of. Like, what is this? Like, cause you know, I mentioned methadone, right. You know, so People, you know, it's like to weed out from drugs, you get into these things. But, you know, there are a lot of discussions about whether it's worth it. Is it not? Is it going to help? Is it the opioid, you know, problem? And so all these things 
you know, are in the minds of people that are watching or listening right now, or at least, you know, and that, that just one thing I want to, you know, just uh, give to, to the audience is that you might be not the one specifically affected by, by any type of drugs, but in our world, you will come across people in a, in a day-to-day life. It doesn't matter where you are. There's someone we know or someone we know who knows somebody else who might be inflicted by this. This is something that everybody's experiencing, especially in, in our world here. I mean, and I think it's all over the world. This is not just in the U.S. specifically. I think the drugs are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 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 you you have protocols, and now let's say someone finishes the treatment, and uh, is the, there is a follow up, of course. Now, uh, are there any, I guess, specific mo- uh, programs that you put them in in terms of like you know just uh, getting better? I know you said about the lifestyle lifestyle. So what what that looks like actually? Yeah. So I mean, we advocate for you know good sleep hygiene, good nutrition, fitness talk therapy and an interpersonal relationship, you know, intimate relationship, you know, with a peer. Those are kind of the five main pillars. And, you know, there are other things we can recommend as well, like, you know, mindfulness, meditation, you know, things like that. But the the others are really the kind of core essentials. And so we advocate for that for patients to get involved in talk therapy and to really take good care of themselves to be able to maintain a good benefit long term. Uh, those are the those are the big ones that that we recommend. And then you know we monitor people, we follow up with them, we continue to show our care and our support, and obviously, if needed, uh, booster infusions for maintenance. Thank you. So Sam, you do also offer psychiatric medication management, and uh, as you mentioned, TMS or transcranial magnetic stimulation. Yeah, like correct. The, yeah. So so can you expand a little bit on those things as as other services that yeah. are available? Yeah, so after, you know, a decade of really specializing in just ketamine infusions, we decided to add some additional services. So about a year and a half ago, we added uh, psychiatric medication management, which is just general psychiatry and, you know, management of people's prescriptions. And we did that because for two main reasons. One is we wanted to provide more comprehensive care and there were people that were needing that service and, you know, not offering it. We could only refer out. They would often have to wait a long time or pay a lot of money or not get good care. So now we offer it in-house and we're able to do it quickly and uh, in a cost-effective way. So we went in network with insurance in order to do that. So we now take 10 of the largest uh, insurance networks in California and that really helps people who don't have a lot of cash for treat, for treatment to be able to uh, still get help. Also, we can really cover all aspects of what a patient might need instead of just giving them ketamine and then someone else just does their meds and someone else just does their therapy. And then that care team is kind of fragmented and they don't really get as much of a benefit as if most or all of that was done under one roof, right? With that kind of collaboration around that person. Um, And then, you know, we've also just found that even though, you know, ketamine does work better for most people in most cases, these other medications are still relevant tools. They still have their place in the treatment uh, process for people. And and some people still really need some of them. Also, a lot of people might want help getting off of these drugs. And, you know, so then we have people who can help to kind of wean them off. And then we've also added a transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is FDA approved treatment for depression and OCD, and it is using, you know, magnetic waves to stimulate parts of the brain that are underactive due to depression, usually in the in the prefrontal cortex, uh, excuse me, dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex. And uh, there are some other parts of the brain that can be stimulated that are for off label protocols, but for the FDA approved protocol for depression, that's where uh, it is uh, stimulated and uh, that can really help people a lot. It doesn't have any of the negative side effects of prescription pills and it also can work quickly, safely, effectively. It does take longer than ketamine and is more of a time commitment and it takes longer to see results. So usually people are coming in every single day for six weeks. So it is a little bit more, uh, you know, in t- time intensive but uh, insurance covers it. And so that's a great advantage to it. And um, that's something that has really been good for a lot of people as well. Well, you know, I, as you were talking, I was like 
really getting a nice little smile because I'm an insurer by I'm an insurer by 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 trade, <laughs> and uh-huh. you know, and I know it's always difficult, and the cost is always going to be a question. I think you beat me to it. Yeah. I was going to ask, like you know, yeah. what happens to the cost because these things sound expensive. But but I love that you said that you are part of the networks and the major you know carriers out there. You know, you take which means that people will have access. Now, does that also um, apply to people with Medicare and or Medicaid? They were both, or or did this is just private commercial insurance only? We do take Medicare. We don't take Medicaid. That's fine. You know, again, but that's great to know because I mean, I I, I live in the Medicare space and Medicaid space. So so that's always like, you know, a question that I ask, you know, because Medicare obviously is, is, is the, you know, it's a different product itself compared to Medicaid. And one is, is, you know, it's more like income based or resources. The other one is more about, you know, age and disability. So just for those folks that are watching. Yeah. And I'll say, I mean, we, you know, taking Medicare is a lot of work, you know, it's, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it can be difficult, but we do it because there's there really is a great need in our area for uh mental health services that are good that will accept medicare and so we we take care of that population yeah oh listen i yeah, that's great to hear i mean that's usually i mean those two areas are usually like you know now i'm, I'm assuming people can also self-pay if they don't have sure. insurance or whatever no problem you know, uh, yeah i mean again now now it is a clinic in los angeles only right that at least for now that's what what, for what, now, yeah. yeah, we have one location in Culver City in Los Angeles, so on the west side of LA, and I think we will have other locations. Though most of them to start will be around the LA area and probably then beyond in California. We'll see if we decide to branch outside of California. I guess anything in the future is possible. Well, Sam, talking about that, I mean. People are watching right now globally. And if someone is a different state, I mean, can they get referred to you guys? You know, if if their providers see the value of of your services or are there similar services in other states that you guys work with and, you know, and, and cross uh, refer to each other? Yeah, they don't even need a referral. I mean, we'll take anyone who's a good fit that we assess as a good fit if they want to come to us. We have people, I mean, I just saw one of our patients the other day is coming from New Zealand. We have wow. people come from all over the world, you know. Um, so yeah, if you're if you want to travel, that's fine. It used to be much more common than it is now, as there's more clinics uh, than there used to be, more ketamine clinics. So more people are going to places that are closer to them. But a lot of people still know because of our reputation and the quality of the work that we do, people will would rather come here and travel to us, and that's always an option if people have the means. All right. Well, listen, I mean, that that's awesome to know that, that you are open <laughs> and I love the idea that there's no referral. Quite. Now I'm, I'm assuming from the assurance side, you need authorizations for these services for, you know, uh, mental health, right. You know, or, uh, um, I guess there's a refer and authorization process. Yeah. So ketamine is cash pay. So there's no issue there with that on, uh, med management. Also no real issue with that. It's pretty straightforward as far as a patient coming in. TMS does have a lot more paperwork around it, a lot more requirements to meet. There is a, a uh, you know, pre-approval kind of prior, prior authorization process, getting people uh, cleared. There's a lot more criteria that needs to be met before insurance will pay for it. Uh, listen, I mean, it's still music to my ears because I mean, I think at least the people in in the LA area or California can benefit. I mean, they can come to you guys oh, and, and get you know can get that. And and I'm, I'm hoping that maybe somewhere else soon enough you'll have more locations around the nation and, and just expand from there. Maybe a worldwide. You never know. I'm always hopeful. I mean, again, you've started you know in in, in a little over a decade, and uh, I mean, just about a decade. You know. Uh, now, and that's a pretty, you know, decent, you know, time, uh, time frame. Now, now let me ask you a question. I know we've gone through the pandemic. Have you seen an increase in, in throughout the pandemic in terms of, uh, people with depression, anxiety, and, and all these diagnoses? Just, just curious. Yeah, definitely. You know, in, at the height of the pandemic instances of, uh, of depression and anxiety, you know, doubled and tripled, um, substance abuse, child abuse, spousal abuse, all, you know, doubled and tripled. I mean, everything went way up. I think it's probably, you know, normalizing a little bit, but there's still a lot more. I mean, everyone has a kind of collective PTSD from everything we've been through. We all are, 
most of us are dealing with heightened levels of anxiety, especially social anxiety. And people still haven't, a lot of people haven't really quite returned to normal, whatever that means, whatever their normal is, you know. And New normal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, so sick of that phrase. The new normal, the new normal. <laughs> Like yeah. what's the old normal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know, but um, but yeah. I mean, there's definitely. I think you know that's the silver lining of the pandemic is that mental health issues are much more relatable and widespread. It's a, it's really bad that they're more widespread. But I guess again, the kind of silver lining of that is that it's less stigmatized. More people understand and can relate firsthand to what it means to be crippled by anxiety, to be dealing with a lot of issues around PTSD. I mean, there's a there's a certain level of uh, understanding and destigmatizing that's gone on and that's going on now that I do think is really beneficial for people to be able to reach out, get help, be understood by those around them and also to understand uh, the people around them. Thank you, Sam. Now, quick question. Uh, age groups. I mean, do you pretty much work with with variety of ages or there's a limit, you know, as to who can? I mean, maybe not children, only adults or it doesn't matter. Our youngest patient was nine and our oldest was 94. We've seen <laughs> everyone in between um typically we don't treat children we do make exceptions sometimes generally it's 18 and up and i would say most patients are in the 18 to 65 range but uh those outliers i mentioned we've had you know a couple that are at those more extreme ends of the spectrum on both sides and at the end of the day we're here to help people well i have to say as the the ceo of such an operation and and just the how does it feel? I mean, to be able to help all these people, man, it's got to be a great feeling that you are. I, I think you live in what we discussed earlier, which is making good outcomes while still managing a business is a good balance. And it's a good way to, to, to actually feel good about what you do. Absolutely. I mean, that that's the thing I would say, you know, you don't have to, um, you know, like there's this idea that like you either have to be a good person or make money and you can't you can't do both. You know, it's so ridiculous. It, it's just, yeah, you you can't absolutely have a viable, successful business and do right by people and provide great care and really, you know, strive to deliver value to people and profit. You don't have to choose between those two things. I, I, that's the one thing I wish more people understood and embraced frankly oh so just uh, another question you know what where is maybe some story that you can share with us of one of your patients that really just kind of like you know you changed their world and they just cannot thank you enough is there such a story i'm sure there is but <laughs> oh countless countless yeah i mean so many come to mind i mean we had a a patient who was very treatment resistant, had tried all the medications out there, had two rounds of ECT. ECT caused permanent memory loss for her. She forgot how to write her own name. She forgot her own wedding day. She lost a lot of really important memories. Of course, that made her her symptoms, her condition even worse because now she's feeling like terribly depressed and is not able to function as well. And she was very treatment refractory, treatment resistant, had really tried pretty much everything. When she came to us and had infusions and from her very first infusion, she immediately felt the, the weight lifted. She felt the fog clear and the mean, nasty voice in her head that was playing these ne this negative self-talk disappeared and has not returned since. And she is thriving. She's able to be a great mother again. She's able to be a great wife. She was a very talented opera singer before she got so debilitated by her depression that she was unable to perform anymore. After her infusions with us, she was able to return to singing and performing. She started an opera company. She produces, directs, and stars in her own shows and is super talented, successful, loving life and she still comes in i swear i'm not making this up i saw her today literally out in the waiting room today and said hello to her and she is an inspiration and she's living an amazing life and life is not perfect and she still has bad days and she still needs follow-up infusions but this saved her life 
And I mean, it's like the greatest feeling in the world to be a part of a team that can produce that kind of results for people and not just for them, but with them that can support them in, in getting that result for themselves. Because we empower people to be part of the healing process for themselves and to get their own healing for the, the divine healer within themselves to be a part of the process. We're not fixing them. We're not doing this to them. We're not doing it for them. We're doing it with them. Well, Sam, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, that that's a, that's a very hot woman, you know, story there. And uh, I mean, it, it's real. And I love what you said. I mean, when you, when you know that you've made a difference in somebody's life and you really give them a second shot at their, their, who, who they were meant to be in life and they are doing that and you're helping them, you know, going through it and they're thriving. So thank you. Now I have to say you, you're in LA. I mean, you're talking about Hollywood and, you know, a lot of stress stuff out there. <laughs> so I know that there's, 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 there's some, some celebrities and other people that are just going, you know, in, in, in a tough you know world out there. I mean, it's pretty difficult. So uh, your work is just needed there, uh, you know, as much as it, it's probably needed everywhere. But, but I'm sure you're going to have a lot of, you know, folks that that may be uh, needing the work, and certainly you probably have treated some folks. You know, of course, obviously we we're not asking <laughs> who they are, but but I know that that is a very, um, I guess, high need area. If you don't, mind. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, just, I'm just not I'm not talking about celebrities. I mean, even people in general. It's L.A. is a very dense, you know, <laughs> city, just like New York. And I think we all need some level of <laughs> assistance, you know, at, at, at any point, because our lives, you know, just have too much bombardment with everything around us. So, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, well, Sam, listen, we're coming to the end of the show. I think I think you've covered quite a bit of, of all the technicalities, all the things and all the merits of, you know, the work that you do. And I mean, I really, you know, thank you so much for being with us. Is there anything you want to leave our audiences with before we close our uh, show today? Yeah, I, I just want people to know that um, I want people to know that there's hope that whatever you're going through, whatever you've tried and uh, whatever you think about your current situation, it can get better if you don't give up, if you just hang in there and if you keep searching and keep trying and, and just keep going, you know, Um Ketamine infusions work. There's other exciting treatments as well. If you're concerned about things like geography, because you can't come to my clinic, that's okay. There's other people out there. If you're worried about price, that's okay. There's treatments that are covered by insurance like TMS. You know, if you're whatever, whatever reasons why you think you're a lost cause, I just want to tell you you're not. And there are so many solutions out there and there are so many new things that are coming. Other psychedelics, MDMA assisted psychotherapy is going to be FDA approved this year. Psilocybin, you know, there's ayahuasca, LSD, DMT, Ibogaine, there's retreat centers, there's clinics, there's pills, there's infusions, there's ceremonial things, there's medicalized things, there's so much going on right now being developed that's available to you and new research and new breakthroughs all the time. So just because what you've been through or tried hasn't worked does not mean that there is no hope for you. So I just want to tell people keep fighting. I love it. That's a powerful message. You know, thank you, Sam, so much. Because, you know, I think that's where people can sometimes they lose hope because they don't think that there is something out there. And you just listed a whole. whole <laughs> that's a pretty long list of things that people can do and and help. And yes, folks, you know, anywhere. And by the way, we're talking about the states, but I'm sure in any type of country there is some level of you know uh, new stuff that's happening and you know sometimes it costs whatever but but there is help and, and don't give up hope you know there is always a way out if you have the hope and you can seek the assistance and you know what you're worth it your life is worth it your family is worth it you know live your life you have plenty of potential out there uh anybody watching or listening you know, we need you. We want you in this world. You know, you have great things that you can be achieving. And I've actually, I have stories that I've, you know, and, and different shows that we've had of people who have literally gone to the point of suicide and they came back and they are making a difference in this world. And anyone watching, listening, if you are going through any type of depression, anxiety, all these things that could lead to a dead end, well, know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Things will be better. So, thank you so much, Sam, for for really giving us that 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 pitch of hope. There, it it <laughs> just gives gives me a pump right there. I mean, it's it's pretty good. I mean, 
you know, just listening to it. I mean, knowing that these are things that are available. Uh, and I think that's really the problem. Sometimes people just don't know what's available. Right. And, and that's hilarious. And I love what you're doing out there. I mean, you're obviously promoting your, your clinic, but at the same time, you're promoting hope and the services and the solutions that are out there for people. And again, geography is only a flight away. I mean, and people, you know, let's put it this way. You'll probably spend money, you know, on all these other things. Maybe you want to just go to something that works and, you know, you can do that. And sometimes we have the money to spend on other things that may not be as, as important and your health is going to be the, men, the the best thing. And mental health is probably even better. So uh, if you have a good mental health, you know, you can work everything else and vice versa, you know, everything ties in together. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not promoting ketamine and saying ketamine helps because I have a ketamine clinic. The reason I have a ketamine clinic is because ketamine helps. I'm doing this work because this is really helping to change people's lives. It's not the other way around. No, no. Well, well, thank you. And and again, always good to clarify, you know, because to read read anyone, but I love it. I mean, you know, there's something out there that works and you created a system that, that people can benefit from. And that, that, by the way, that's exactly, I mean, we have a lot of things in nature that work, but <laughs> where to find them and who's who's going to help you get them, that's always the, the challenge. And you have provided the platform. You have to provide Yeah, and unfortunately, platform. most of, uh, many of them, mo- even most have been made illegal. Yeah, and I, I mean, I have to say, you're in California. I mean, your laws are pretty tough, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and in the U.S. in general, you know, I mean, <laughs> cannabis, Marijuana is still a Schedule One drug federally, despite the fact that the majority of the states have legalized it for recreational use. It's still Schedule One federally. That means in the scheduling of drugs, that means that it is that is the highest level, like with heroin. We're talking about pot, meaning that it is high abuse potential, high addiction potential with no medicinal benefit. That is insane. Today, in 2024, that's the law. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it's funny because uh, that true story, Simon, I know we're about to, to wrap up, but, you know, in the insurance space, I, I had kind of like wanted to to get, you know, the um, some cannabis, you know, approval and, or CBD, things like that in, into, you know, our benefit design because, uh, you know, we wanted to, you know, maybe uh, tackle the opioid, you know, crisis and maybe tackle the pain management for our seniors and the cancer and all this stuff. And, you know, in the state, it was easy, but, but, but you can't get it through because the feds, you know, have not approved it. It's not Medicare, you know, approved yet. So there, there you have it. I mean, I, you know, and, and that's really a challenge. I mean, maybe, you know, Medicare advocacy groups and things like that can actually talk about this and make it, even if it's not the cannabis level, but, but some of the, the, the components like the CBD and all these things can be. And again, these are the things that, you know, uh, unfortunately not happening yet but 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 the states are getting there so at least from the state level you know you have some leeway but 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 you mentioned fda which means that those are the things that have been approved already federally so at least that's that's a good thing you know but again we're a long way from home you know when it comes to these 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 out you know solutions and certainly you know it's just a matter of time hopefully sooner than later all right, man. So, Sam, thank you so much for being with us, man. Uh, I had a terrific time with you. Dude. <laughs> I enjoyed yeah, this likewise. Discussion. Yeah, Hurricane. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now, my pleasure, dude. And, and folks, there you have it. I mean, we've had great discussions today, you know, about, you know, what's available. If you're in the L.A. area, you know where to go. If you know someone that needs help, you know, you know where to send them. And, and you know, it's it's available. It's covered to a degree. I mean, you have you have a way out, folks. So, so let's not hope. And if you are around the world, you know, uh, maybe if you are a provider somewhere, and or a business person maybe there's something you can do somewhere else around the world i don't know maybe you can open a clinic maybe contact sam and you guys partner up and open up around the world as well you know there's opportunity there folks i mean you're the expert somebody else wants to have the expertise maybe you guys can you know collaborate that's another thing i mean this is a a network opportunity where people can actually help each other to help others and there's always a good feel about that when you do it so that's it, folks. Uh, American Age. We'll be talking uh, again. New day, new show, topic. Bye for now.